0: Thank you for joining the Broadway Drumming 101 podcast with your host, Clayton Craddock. If you like what you hear on the show, subscribe to the Broadway Drumming 101 newsletter at broadwaydrumming101.substack.com. That's Substack, S-U-B-S-T-A-C-K dot com. The Broadway Drumming 101 newsletter is your one-stop shop for everything you'll need to know about playing drums for Broadway musicals. When you subscribe to the newsletter, you'll learn about what it takes to be a successful pit musician with content delivered directly to your email inbox two to three times a week. For $5 a month or $50 a year, you'll have a backstage pass to the world of a Broadway drummer playing on a hit show. As a paying subscriber, you'll receive behind-the-scenes access to the life of a musician who makes a living on Broadway. You'll also be able to read every post, not just those occasional free ones. You'll get access to all newsletter issues in the archives and have an ability to participate in subscriber-only comments and events. If you become a founding member for a gift of only $75, you'll receive discounted private drum lessons, an opportunity to watch Clayton play in the pit of his show, and a 25% discount on future promotional products. If you'd like to make a direct contribution to the production of this show, you can reach us at Venmo at Clayton-Craddock, Cash App at Syncopated, that's C-I-N-C-O-P-A-T-E-D, or PayPal at Clayton Craddock. Any amount of support will be appreciated. Thank you for listening.
1: What, what's the, what do you think is the most important thing that a sub should know when they want to sub for someone like yourself, or just sub in general? What do you think is the most important thing that a sub, someone should know?
2: It's, it's kind of a complicated question. So what is the most important? So first thing is, no, I would say, well, okay, I could play this style. Or, no, I can't play this style, not for me. So I would say, okay, I could play this style. I think it's in my wheelhouse, and I'm willing to put in the work. It's not just like you're playing for a singer one night, and, and it's cool to just play a, a, a rock beat or, or a funk groove and it's got to be very specific. So you have to know if, if you have the time and the technique and the knowledge to play that, that particular show. And once you establish that you can do that, then you put the time in. You got to go watch it a minimum four times. And then you get, now you have the con- conductor cam, which really helps. And that's a huge help. So now you have the music. You can conduct the cam, and you just start and stop. And you have to have the knowledge to know this is this this is uh, this could be a problem. This could be a problem. And shows are full full of them. Every show has has an issue. I think for me, it's harder to be a sub than have your own show. The last couple of shows I subbed, I tried and it succeeded in getting the conductor to work with me like an hour before you have to know as the drummer where are the potential problems
1: when you sub a show for the first time somebody says ray you know on bar number two of song number seven on the second half you know your crescendo should have been a little bit bigger there but don't do it on you know the second half of that crescendo. Make sure that the the bell of the symbol. It's like first of all, how like, do how do you, how oh do you remember? I know. how do you remember all that stuff? But how do you take it after you get the notes?
2: Well, that's part of the thing. If you when you watch the show, like if I watch you play "Ain't Too Proud," I have to say, okay, do I want do I want to take this on? Do I? You don't have to say yes. There were shows I watched. I remember. The great Dave Radicek, uh, he played Titanic, and I was kind of busy at the time. Doing, I was subbing, and I watched him play Titanic. There was a lot of intricacies, and I said, "Dave, I don't have the time to do this now." So I said, "No." So if you do say yes, you got to take that criticism. And no, okay, you're going to get that email number, big number two, bar thirty-seven. You didn't hit the bell on at the end of the crescendo. Okay, you can either say. Oh, who cares who's going to hear it anyway? And if you got that attitude, you're out. You're out. It's not for you. Not for you.
1: Like nobody hears that in the audience because I was out in the audience. (laughs) Doesn't matter. The the musical director wants to hear that bell in that song at the end of the the crescendo. And And you
2: got to have a positive attitude towards it. If you don't have the positive attitude, it's Okay. You know, take it, do another, you know, you don't have to, if it's too much, there was a show, The Life, I was subbing for Warren, you know Warren?
1: Oh yeah, I just spoke to him a couple days ago.
2: I remember the conductor really liked me at The Life, Gordon Harrell, he liked me, but he kept giving me notes and I was like, but then the associate conductor, Joe Baker, he conducted one night, he said, Ray, let me just tell you, Gordon loves you, don't let it discourage you. I almost let it discourage me in that show. But Joe Baker talked me off, off the edge of... Talked, not off the edge, talked me off of like not saying, no, It's too. I don't want any more notes. It almost happened that that show for me was like, oh, this is too much, this is too much. But it didn't, it didn't.
1: Going back to the 80s, were you playing with people like Earl Clue and Johnny Winter and, you know, Bernadette Peters? The
2: bass player from a chorus line uh, who's no longer with us. Roland, Roland Wilson liked the way I played chorus line and he knew Earl Klug and I just, he said he, I was lucky, lucky and in the right time in the right place. And I got to play on a a song called Return of the Rainmaker with Earl Klug. It was in and out, big, big orchestra date. I was, I was nervous. (laughs) Mm. Uh, uh, Bernadette Peters, I played with her a lot for, Cubby O'Brien was her drummer. He was in original Mousketeer. He's a fantastic drummer. So he, he couldn't do some Bernadette gigs and I subbed for him.
1: How to succeed in business without really trying. Was that in the early nineties?
2: Yes. That was a, uh, 93, 93 to 95. Yes.
1: Most of your shows seem to run a pretty long time. Did you have any like shows that were, you know, this is going to be the next big thing and then wound up, wound up running for a really yeah. short time?
2: There was a show called The Red Shoes uh, back in 91 that people were talking about. It was a famous movie, a big show about a ballet dancer and her red shoes and a love story and this big, really supposed to, and julie stein wrote the music who wrote gypsy so it was like wow julie stein wrote the music it's this great great once it got into pre- previews and the word was like it's not gonna make it It's not gonna make it
1: how long of a run did it have
2: maybe two weeks only yeah.
1: oh my god really
2: yeah, yeah. And do you remember dance of the vampires that was another one And that was 2003. That was a big hit in Germany. It was like a big gothic, dark musical with Jim Steinman wrote the music. Uh, But then when they came here, when they brought it to the United States, for some reason, they wanted to make it satirical and more like a comedy. Uh, And it was like, what? And people didn't know if that would, well, it might make it, but early on, that ran like a month.
1: Did you get discouraged by these, you know, flops? You're like, oh my God, this isn't, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to yeah. have a long running show again.
2: Yeah, yeah, I got discouraged. Yeah. And I had, you know, I had a, a son. My son is now in his thirties, but he was about to go to college and my stepdaughter was about to go to college. And my wife, Nina Hennessy, who's a great singer and performer, she, singer, dancer, actress, uh, She wasn't working as steady at the time, and I I was like, oh, man. Yeah, it's discouraging, yeah.
1: So what kept you going? What was the thing that said, you know, I got to stick with this? Did you ever think, you know, I need to do something else?
2: No, I didn't know how to do anything. Maybe teach. I could get some private students. But my wife did. My wife, Nina, who's fantastic. She's still a wonderful singer, actress, dancer. She got a second career as a real estate Licensed real estate broker. So it's right about that time, 2003, when Dance of, the Vamp- Dance of the Vampires flopped, she was getting her real estate. So we made it. We made it work, even though it was, we had a couple of years where our credit card debt became pretty high. It's not, not easy.
1: But, you know, those, those years when things are, are lean, you start thinking, man, how is this going to happen? But things turn around. Like they always do, which leads us into Mama Mia, I guess. After Dance of the Vampires and that kind of fell apart, what happened after that?
2: I started to sub and my wife had her real estate license. So she was making some money. And then out of the blue, tragically, the drummer from Mama Mia, it, it wasn't working out anymore for him.
1: So you took over
2: yeah I was one of the drummers who who uh who got asked if, if there was like to sub, so I had to learn the show. I wasn't on the sub list, but the guys in the band said, Hey, why don't we get Ray in? He doesn't have a show. Why doesn't Ray learn the show and and why can't he be in the pool they listened there were like three or four guys who they wanted to possible possible replacements, so I practiced I practiced I practiced. Uh, and I got the gig. I, it doesn't always happen, man. And I was so guilty about it. But and I actually said to the conductor, "If if I don't accept this job, will it go back to the drummer who who needs to be replaced?" He said, "No. We're going If you don't accept it, we're gonna give it to another." So. If he would have said yeah, yes. If you don't accept it, we'll, we'll consider. I probably wouldn't have accepted the job because it was terrible. It was not a good. It was terrible.
1: Well, you you wound up doing that show from what year? Two thousand six.
2: Two thousand four.
1: Two thousand four until what year? What year did it close? Like twelve years 2015.
2: later, right? Two thousand
1: fifteen. My God, yeah. that's amazing.
2: Hey, did I did I do anything? Wrong to get this game. I know I just got the call out of the blue to to uh
1: radio registry called you
2: Five eight two eighty eight hundred. I'm gonna call that number right now. Hold on, hold on.
1: Hold on. <laughs> I'd be like, hello, hello. <laughs> should be like a radio registry for for broadway drum subs (laughs) i don't know
2: yeah so then my yeah mama mia was basically it was a gift man a gift to me and that other the other drummer i think he he moved back back to his hometown and i think he's doing okay uh
1: things happen on on shows and and Yeah, happened. They happen in all kinds of businesses. Where
2: it happens to me, man. I used to, I used to play with singer X. Right, Mm. man. I couldn't do that gig, and I sent in drummer B to sub for me. Guess what? Singer X now is using drummer B, and I see drummer B saying, "I'm proud to be playing with singer X." And that happens.
1: Oh no, man!
2: It happens. (laughs)
1: During that run of that show, is that when you got the Rosie O'Donnell show?
2: Which one, Mamma Mia? Yes. Rosie O'Donnell show ran from 1996 to 2002. So ah, at the okay. time I was doing How to Succeed. I was do- double dipping at that time for a little while. Yeah.
1: Did you Did you wind up getting burned out from all of that work?
2: No, because How to Succeed closed. Sure. I think... Um, Maybe there was four months where they both it was both together. Okay. Not much. Yeah. No. Yeah. But I still subbed on Broadway a little. Okay. Because the Rosie O'Donnell show uh, was live, and I'd be home by I'd be home in my house back at at noon, so I had the rest of the day free.
1: What time did you have to get to the the show in order? How
2: about to- seven in the morning. So the Rosie O'Donnell show. Sometimes it was. Uh, They'd have uh, acts that we have to play for, and sometimes they'd have self-contained acts, like like if uh, James Taylor came on. We uh, we didn't play with James Taylor; he had his own band. But sometimes, if uh,
1: you did stuff with Phil Collins and Tony Bennett, Bette Midler yeah. share.
2: No, John McDee was the he was the the guy. The piano, John McDee would say, "Okay on." Thursday, we're going to be doing this number with Cher, let's say. And he'd give us a, a recording to listen to. Usually, a ba- I don't think... That was prior to really... So we'd have to listen to... Re- he'd give us a DVD or CD of the recording. and uh, No, I didn't... I didn't go up to Cher and say, hey... Cher-. No, no, I was the drummer, and McDee was the musical director, so it all got through through McD. A lot of times the the, the Rosie O'Donnell band would have to play a number from a Broadway show uh, a lot of times, because Rosie loved Broadway. Mm-hmm. But if, if we had to play something from a Broadway show, it was like a, a version of the show. It didn't have to be precise. Like if it was a two-beat, I didn't have to study what the. I, there was leeway. It was leeway.
1: Did you have subs at that show as well? Like people that you know, if you couldn't make it, or were you always there?
2: I only took off sort of like three times in six years. Some days were real easy at the Rosie O'Donnell show, where like James Taylor would be. The, we would we would we wouldn't have to play for him, and oh, and and uh, the ins and out of the Rosie show uh, uh, quite often. During the commercials, she would stop the band so she could talk to the audience. So a lot of times we didn't have to play when there's the the three-minute commercial break. We'd we'd just have to come back. They'd say, okay, you're coming back in 20 seconds. So then we'd come back in. So
1: sometimes it
2: was easy. Sometimes it was not.
1: Many years at Mamma Mia. That closed. Now you have... uh a bunch of money in your pension I'm sure from that show and other shows and other things that you've done did you say you know what I want I'm ready to retire or you you know I'm, I I want to keep going
2: oh I said I'm going to keep going so so right after Mama Mia closed the bass player Paul Adamy, he said Ray Martin Martin was Martin acts Uh, is a very good MD but he used to I do this I I know I did this before (laughs) (laughs) Martin uh, got an off-Broadway show called A Trip of Trip of Love he said Martin hired me to do it but Martin thinks you don't want to do it because it's off-Broadway I said hell I want to I'll do an off-Broadway show so I got that Mm. and that ran 10 10 months so I did an off-Broadway show. Then after that, uh, I kept getting these calls. I got called to do, to take over the disaster, the, the show Disaster. I did that. Unfortunately, it didn't run long. Then I, then I took over for Perry Kavari, took over for him at Something Rotten for just three months, and then it closed. And then I did uh, Miss Saigon, the latest revival of Miss Saigon. Yeah, that was fun. That was a lot of fun. I sh- i have a video. I should put that up on YouTube of of us playing this little piece. Yeah. So, talking about the pension. Yes. I'm of that age. I'm of the age. Yeah. Would
1: you Would you ever retire and then you know do another show? Because you can, from what I understand, you can retire.
2: Yeah. I, would, I would do that. I would do that. Yeah.
1: You're not ready to do that just yet.
2: What to retire? Yes. I'm not ready to retire. I mean, I've been doing a lot of, so I have some good projects. I play. I played, uh, I played a lot during COVID in Riverside, my, uh, Riverside Park is like a block away from me. Uh, you know, the guitar player, Oz Noy, mm-hmm. he lives in my neighborhood and we, we went to Riverside Park at least 30 times during COVID. Uh, I just wheeled a very small drum set and uh, we played standards. And we recorded it. When things started opening up around uh, December, we went to a recording studio and recorded, recorded that. And then Ed Palermo, I play in this big band. We play a lot of Frank Zappa music and uh, a lot of Ed's original music. We play the music of Edgar Winter. We play cl- classic rock for big band. So uh, the reason I'm mentioning all that is I, it's more creative for me to play jazz and Zappa stuff but um, I'm not ready to hang it up with uh, and turn down a Broadway show you know but I will be honest with you since um, I'm 66 and it is cyclical so like when I started Chorus Line I was 25 and all the other guys were in 50s and 60s so now I'm I'm here right and The younger conductors, let's say they're, what, what are they, 35, 40, 45, they don't know me, so um, they're going to hire people that, they're going to want people they went to college with, or people they were on the road with. So I started to feel like, okay, maybe I'm here now. So I don't know what's going to happen.
1: Well, since you have so much experience in the music business, playing shows, playing on TV what advice would you give those younger drummers who are interested in playing in broadway shows what's like the biggest piece of advice that you give them
2: first of all you got to be passionate and really want to do it it's like it's got to be your calling i think it's got to be you if you, you want to be a musician i want to be a musician so okay so so now you're saying specifically broadway i mean uh, a correct. young musician or... Young,
1: young Broadway drummer. They want to play drums on Broadway. Since you've done so much over your career, you know what? This is what you would say to them.
2: I would say it's a crowded field. Okay. You can do it if you're schooled and trained. Yeah. But you got to... I think if I were 25, or I would certainly want to know how to engineer in Pro Tools. I would certainly... Want to know how to mix? Do my own. I would set up some kind of home recording so that I could do tracks for people. I would teach. That's this is not hard to do. I mean, it, it's it takes more. I would learn how to write in in um, Sibelius or Finale. Right, write your own charts. You got to become versatile and not. I don't. <clears throat> 75 men and women asked you to sub, and, and you're going to use five of them, right? So what's going to happen to the other 70? you got to become versatile. Teach. Maybe if you're younger, learn how to sing, even if you don't have a good voice. Like, I, I've, I have maybe lost one gig because I didn't sing, but I didn't. Uh, fortunately I, I wasn't in that position where Hey, are you a singing drummer? No. Okay, another gig. So do as much as you can, I would say, man. So that was, I I didn't answer your question. I just said, if you want to be a musician, you got to know how to read. Like what I talked about earlier, you got to see if it's in that show's in your wheelhouse. You you said maybe if it was a Fania All-Stars show, maybe you weren't the right guy. For me, maybe if it was a, I don't know a Greek show. <laughs> you know, I'd say no, no, not, not for me. Or if or if I got asked to do a show and I had to play like these really hard mallet parts, I would say it's not in my wheelhouse right now. So know within your wheelhouse. Be well trained. I would play as much music with bands as as I can, like your show how do you play, how do you, what's the best way to play Motown grooves? I mean, you play with a band, man, do gigs, do a real arm, do do gigs, even if they're not going to pay money, go out and do them. Have jam sessions, go, become a real player. You got to become a, you can't just fake playing like you play, you can't just fake that. So, am I answering your question okay? So, you want to become the best player you can, you want to Know if it's the right style for you. If you're a drummer, it'll help to be a percussionist, to learn how to play some bell parts and mallet parts and timpani parts. Definitely, it helped me. That's how I got Miss Saigon.
1: There was one time where I had to learn a bell part (laughs) for a show. It was only five notes. And I'm not a percussionist and I'm not a mallet player, But I had to play a certain thing and then within like 10 seconds, put the sticks down, whatever the notes are, put that down and then play again. I was so scared to death (laughs) because I'm like, am I going to get this right? Sometimes I'd make mistakes, but I just learned where the notes are. And of course, if I had training and percussion, that would have made it much easier for me. But it's something that you will come across from time to time you know, you want to play a show. Even it was the show, that was the color purple. The first color purple, I didn't have to do any of that stuff. But I had to play djembe. And I didn't ever, you know, I never didn't grow up playing djembe. And even in Rent, you know, we had to play, uh, a, you know, it's a sleigh bell and other things. But a lot of books combine drums and percussion. So you have to know how to play that stuff. You're not going to come from just playing drum set and just fit in. Unless, again, you're playing Mo- the Motown stuff. That's all I do in my show. But it's not like you can just come in and play Motown without knowing the music. Because I can tell when somebody comes or they send me a video of them playing, you know, songs that I've done from the show, I can tell that they either know the music or they just learning what I did.
2: No, exactly. Exactly, (laughs) man. Yeah. So I would encourage... Play with big bands. Play with jazz. Play jazz. Just play, man. You got to play. Do those gigs that, even if it's, you know, the bitter end with a singer-songwriter and you got to schlep your drums and you're going to make $25 and you're going to have to pay $25 for a cab. Do it, man. I used to do that all the time.
1: Me too. Me all too for years. You got
2: to do that. You got to do that. Otherwise, you're going to be fake. You're going to be fake.
1: And, and people can tell yep. when you sound like you're imitating and you're not authentic
2: yeah yeah
1: so speaking of gear do you have endorsements with various companies and was that from playing shows or was that from you playing with so many different people over the years
2: so when i played with dan hartman i got my first endorsement with zildjian lenny demuzio was the artist rep back then and believe it or not Uh, Dan Harmon opened up for Toto.
1: Wow. You saw Jeff Beccaro play?
2: Yeah. So you know when Lenny said, Jeff Jeff uses peisty symbols. Of course we're going to give you Zildjian.
1: (laughs) Damn. (laughs) Uh, That
2: was my first first endorsement. And then when I got the Rosie O'Donnell show, I got uh, well, I got Vic Firth. I think I got Vic Firth uh, before, Rosie. Marco Sokoli. Remember Mark? You know Marco? Mm-mm. He got me Vic Firth. Uh, so I got Vic Firth, Azildjian, Vic Firth, Remo, and Pearl. And they're all great. I use them all.
1: Do you use those, all of those, for each show that you do? Yes. how oh, good. But Look if I'm that.
2: subbing and the drummer, if I'm subbing and... The drummer uses Yamaha drums. I have to take apart every one of his drums, every drums, and bring in my. (laughs) (laughs)
1: It's like Ray's coming in. All right, bring the drum set. Bring the. (laughs) Ah, That's funny.
2: (laughs) No, no, I I use. uh...
1: Or you cover up the uh, the logos on the thing so you don't see them. (laughs) <laughs> Those are Evans' heads. Oh no! I'm sorry. I got to put tape on them. <laughs>
3: yeah, yeah. Even though I'm a bit, man.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Oh man, have you ever had subs that come in and totally change things around to the point where you come back in and you're like, "What did you do?" This is one thing you don't do when you're a sub is come in and change everything around to make it to your liking and then leave because when the regular drummer comes back they need to be comfortable so they need to make sure you need to make sure that you at least readjust things to an approximate height of, of what the drummer generally did did you have any kind of nightmares you i came? would warn
2: the guy i would warn the guy i said please <laughs> please don't you can move the snare drum a little maybe but the sound men have the mics you know
1: that matters That matters too. They're like something changed last night.
2: Do it that much? Maybe, maybe, whatever. So every once in a while, uh, well, now they're digital mixes, so now you give each each sub has their own mix. But in (laughs) Mama Mia, we didn't have a digital mixer; we had analog. Mm -hmm. So every once in a while, I come in and say, "Oh man, yeah." That's one of the hard things about subbing is is having to play on the the, uh, the guy, the guy or girl that you're subbing for, set up. That's, yeah. I'm sure you had to deal with that a lot. How do you, how do you deal with that?
1: <laughs> there was w- one podcast with Damian Bassman, and he plays traditional grip, and his snare drum. <laughs> I joke with him. It's like at a 90 degree angle, but it's it's. I know. W- <laughs> I, I got, yeah, 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 yeah. It's much like right. a 45 degree angle. But, you know, you, you manage, and you have to play on that person's drum set in order to figure it out. Gary Selickson talked about a time where he was subbing for, oh, my God, Howie Joins at The King and I. And he didn't get a chance to actually play on his drum set. And he went in, and his bass drum pedal was so tight that the first time he went in, it was like you had to like press down, and there was no give to it. And it was just such an adjustment for him that he, you know, he, he kind of freaked out. But yeah, when you sub, you got to make yourself comfortable with the setup that the drummer already has.
2: So as a sub, you, gotta go, you, you should go in, find out when you could go in to play the drums. If the lights are going to, if the light switch are going to, if there's a light in the pit, if there's no light in the pit, you got to bring a flashlight. You, you got to get permission, you know, f- feel that equipment otherwise you're in tr- trouble.
1: I did that at uh SpongeBob SquarePants when I was subbing for Damien. I'd get there at like I don't know 5:30 and you know it was dark. There was it's completely dark in that pit. I had to use my flashlight from my my phone in order to to find my way through so I could right. just sit there and just have the flashlight on cuz you know I was determined to get it right and you just kind of had to put in the time, even though there's no lights, there's no air, there's no nothing. You just have to be, be there. And then when the lights come on, you're like, oh my God, now I can play. But then you can only play for a certain period of time before everyone else comes in. If you're playing too loud, people around you aren't going to want to hear that. Then the sound people need to come in and it's, it's a lot that you have to understand when you're going in. So I'm sorry. I'm like taking over the. No, the
2: no, here. that's, 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 I, I sub there too a little bit. So I know that I know. Who's ever listening out there? There's, a, there's. If you follow that advice, you're you're in an advantage again. You know, you you know what to do. You know what to do. You know where the, the where the where the, uh, where the, the problems are going to be that can exist.
1: Do you have any things that you're working on for yourself that you'd like to promote?
2: So so with the Oz Noise, we recorded that CD. We just finished mixing it. It's, it should come out in January. It's a very good trio CD. I'm very, I'm very proud of it. Uh, we did a lot of standards. Osnoy did all the arrangements, and we just got, we got a chance to be very musical and and play in the studio like we did in the park.
3: Hmm. It's,
2: it's going to be called Riverside because we ah, played in Riverside great. Park. Yeah. And then Ed Palamo. <clears throat> Uh, we have a new CD coming out, which is, we played, it's all Edgar Winter material from his record called Entrance. Wonderful record. So Ed uh, arranged the Edgar Winter CD for Big Band. So that's coming out. So those two, two CDs are coming out soon. And Right now, I'm, I've got these, these V-drums. I love them. I, I got them plugged into this computer that I'm talking to, and I, I use uh, Ableton Live. I'm trying to get better at Ableton Live, and uh, that keeps me busy. I'm trying to get my mallet chops together. I play a little, a little bit of keyboard. I'm trying to get better at that. Uh, that's what keeps me busy. I have a wonderful family. As, as you do. You know, that keeps me busy. Uh, my kids are older than yours, but I, I'm in touch with them all the time. Uh, so that's, that's what keeps me going.
1: One uh, last question. Where can people find you on social media or website? My
2: website, which needs an upgrade, uh, raymarchica.com, R-A-Y-M-A-R-C-H-I-C-A.com. I'm on Facebook, my name. Twitter, I uh, don't do that much, but I have a Twitter account. I don't do it. Instagram, I do a little bit. Same. It's all my name. name. If you want to pay me, uh, (laughs) (laughs)
1: PayPal. Hey, no shame. PayPal, (laughs) Cash App, Venmo, send money to Ray Marchica. Oh,
2: (laughs) Oh, (laughs) Jesus. Donations of $500 or more, please.
1: (laughs) Do you like the New York of the 70s and 80s as opposed to the the cleaner New York of the 2010s with Bloomberg and Giuliani?
2: Uh, it's I safer. Know I, I know th- you started asking me that a couple like last week or something. I, mm-hmm. I never felt unsafe. It's really weird. I didn't feel unsafe. Uh, I mean, they, I, wouldn't, I still don't go to Central Park and. And I don't go to Riverside Park when it's. I don't. I don't do that. And I didn't do that in the in the late seventies and early eighties. So okay. do I like the. I miss the mom and pop stores. I I bookstores, but that happens in every city. You know, bookstores and record stores and mm-hmm. you know little shoe stores or whatever, little places where you can buy nice. I miss those places. Yeah, I miss those. And I miss the smaller bars. And and I don't like these humongous buildings that, that are up on, on 8th Avenue now with, like, the lobbies, the, the ceilings of 30 feet. You know, you know what I'm talking about, right?
1: You're talking about, like, on 57th Street, the big new buildings that are up?
2: Oh, even, like— um, What's the place on, like, like? Uh, there used to be more, there used to be more tenements, and the bars used to be, like on 46th Street, there used to be, like, 46th Street, between 8th and 9th, Restaurant Row. Mm-hmm. Street Avenue used to look like that, you know. All, oh, really? A lot of it. Yeah, there weren't as many tall buildings, so, I'm, but that's changed, and that's,
1: mm-hmm.
2: I mean, that's like saying, do you, do you, did you like the world? But before internet and drop
1: off and streaming, <laughs> yeah. ah, good good point there. Yeah, well, I I like calling people. <laughs> but the thing is, I, I remember seeing somebody on Facebook, and this older guy was like, "Man, I can't be believe people are asking me to play gigs with just texting me. Why don't you call me, dude? Man, I have done so many gigs. I've never met the person until I I'm on this bandstand. It's Texting, texting, and then email, a bunch of emails, and then you get on the bandstand, and then we're together. It's just the way things are. Or They get through through Facebook Messenger or a direct message on Instagram. It's just a different world now. People are not calling Radio Registry. <laughs> hey, <two>, eight,
2: 828
1: <laughs> That's going to be hold the on, name of this on, episode. <laughs>
2: hold on. Hold on. You're going to call it? <laughs> I don't know what's going to happen. I want to hear this. Me too. Hello? Wait. The number you dialed is not in service.
1: (laughs) No jobs for us.
2: (laughs) Different worlds.
1: Thank you, Ray Marchica, for taking time out to join me on Broadway Drumming 101. I can't wait to see you in person. Sometime soon on the Broadway campus. Same here. And uh, thanks again for joining me.
2: Thank you for asking me. Really, it's uh, and good luck and and uh, you're doing a great thing. It's wonderful. Thank you, sir. Yeah, much success and really good questions. Really good. You made me feel very comfortable and natural. And you did your homework. I know. (laughs) You did your homework.
1: So I try. All right. All right. thanks thanks again man we'll talk soon thank you for listening to the broadway drumming 101 podcast head over to the broadway drumming 101 youtube page where you'll find unedited conversations that i've had with some of your favorite musicians on the youtube page you're going to find bonus content that i don't feature on my instagram page or here on the podcast don't forget to subscribe And click on that little bell at the top so that you'll be notified when a new video is uploaded. Thank you for listening and stay tuned for more.